Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 43 of the Spoiler Cast. I'm your host, Dan, and I'm joined here by Tristan. I am one with the Force, the Force is with me. I am one with the Force, the Force is with me. Allie? Beep. <laughs> and Bear? That was a terrible Chewbacca thing. Oh, okay. I'm I was so like, what was that? <laughs> you... I yes, was, exactly. you know, I was thinking everybody else watched a different version of Rogue One than I watched. <laughs> now I'm positive. No. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, as you can surmise from the opening, uh, and you probably saw it in the title, uh, today we're going to be talking about the recent Star Wars release, Rogue One, and what will now be our annual look at the new Star Wars movie. Because Yay! we're just going to keep pumping these suckers Woo! out. Hey. As long as that, hey, as long as there's a Star Wars movie every year, that only increases my chances that I'll actually be in one someday. Yeah, <laughs> amen to that. And you know what? Uh, the Lord of the Rings movies helped me survive the Bush administration. I'm just happy we have Star Wars right now. <laughs> so so um, just, just remember, politicians, the Empire are the bad guys. You guys, so why the- are you bringing politics into Star Wars? Star Wars yeah. was never about politics and war. Or <laughs> <laughs> about Senate meetings or military dictatorships or... Until now. <laughs> uh, so Rogue One, uh, I'm assuming most people are listening to this. I mean, it's now officially the number one highest selling box office smash ever now, I guess, at, when you don't account for inflation. Uh, I guess it just surpassed that other thing from last year. Civil it- War. Yeah, Wait, um, it, it it surpassed for it, it surpassed Force Awakens. I believe so. Yeah, really. Yeah, wow. the prices keep going up. But um, I'm I'm not gonna. I don't think we have to go too too much into the details of what it's about. Should we? I mean, I feel I like if you, I, th- I think we can because like the we should to a degree. Yeah. Just because the thing about Rogue One that is the most interesting, exciting think, new canon right off the threads. Well, there's an exciting new canon, but also it is the first movie in in an experiment which is can you make star wars movies that are not a part of the main line and that are telling different stories in different ways Mm -hmm. although it is kind of part of the main line in a lot of ways but yeah so basically it just it takes place just before new hope like Like, moments before new hope yeah um is is where it kind of ends a day or two yeah probably a couple days before a new hope yeah it's basically if you ever wondered what the story was of how the Rebel Alliance got a hold of those Death Star plans, and you didn't read the explanation for that in the expanded universe because apparently there's a Katarn. video game about that. Kyle Katarn and Jan Orr stole it. Actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to look Death up Star the plan. names of all the freaking people in this movie because I forgot. Sassy <laughs> Robot. Um, Sassy Robot lady. voiced by Wash. So, sad lady. <laughs> I just saw it last night. So sad oh, lady wow. is Jin Erso. I saw it for the second time yeah. last night. Cool monk. I, uh, IP man. It man. Oh it's, yeah, it's just man. It yeah, man. It man. It man. It's like oh my gosh, that that movie. It man's boyfriend. Sees that way. Yeah, I thought he was his brother, and then the second time I see it, I was like, wait a second. He never says he's his sibling, and oh, oh, dude, they gay as fuck. <laughs> But regardless of which, um, yeah, no, it's like, so that, that's the, that's the main premise is that like, it's pretty much, it has the new candid explanation for how they, for how the Rebel Alliance got its hands on the Death Star plans. And 
it is not quite the Guns of Navarone in space, which if y'all haven't seen the Guns of Navarone, which apparently none of my friends have, it's an awesome movie from the 1960s about World War II where Gregory Peck, a.k.a. Atticus Finch, yeah. teams up with a bunch of Greek people and British people to sneak onto a Nazi island and blow up some gu giant guns. So you get to see Atticus Finch kill Nazis in Greece, which is kind of like the two best things ever. Uh, but regardless of which, Rogue One is not that in space, but it's close. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. So yeah. I really liked it yeah, Rogue a One, lot. Rogue One is, at its heart, a war story. Yeah, and Very it's, much so. it's kind of what I wish episode two would have been, mm -hmm. the, about the, more about the Clone Wars themselves and less about the forced love story of... Let's not get into that. Also, uh, I hate sand. Yeah. Also, uh, Anakin murders children. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that. that's three. That's three. That's no, no, three. he murders the little yeah. children, the, the sand people kids. Oh, right, yeah, right, sure. right. Like, that's, the yeah. women and the children. And at that point, it's like, I'm supposed to be happy that now you get yay married to your wife? No, no. <laughs> hey, kids. This you is, should be in this is our prison. Hey, kids, this is our protagonist. <laughs> <laughs> We're marketing him as a hero and not as a child murderer. <laughs> Look, so. we all have to commit acts of child murder sometimes. It's just a given. It's a part of life. <laughs> yeah. It's how, the, it's how the force flows through us all. Um, so Rogue One, is, it's very different than the other Star Wars movies. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's very different. I think I found myself surprised by that a little bit even though i was kind of prepared for it and well so so i will say i appreciate that it's probably the least kid friendly of all the star wars movies i don't yeah. know i think episode two and three where they're literally murdering <laughs> kids are less kid friendly than this one but yeah go ahead um, Sorry. Well, i also feel that i also feel that um rogue one is a story that needed to be told mm. Because we needed to see the rebellion as a group of people, yeah. not as a group of heroes, and I think oh. that's what Rogue One does very well. Oh, real quick, I think it should be noted by the title of of our podcast. But if it's the first time you're listening, this is the spoilers. spoilers! So we're just gonna we can get into spoilers at well. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yes, there's there's going to be a lot of spoilers in this. You should see it because it's good. Uh, but yeah. From this point forward, you're gonna get spoiled up the wazoo. Yeah. Um, so you're while, gonna be spoiled, Brett. Yeah. <laughs> so while it is, so while it is important in that it shows us, you know, how the rebels got the Death Star plans, why the Death Star has such a big vulnerability, why the rebels are in such dire straits at the start of Episode Four. Um, while it shows all that, what I think the most important thing about Rogue One is that it shows the rebellion as people and not heroes. Mm -hmm. Like who's our who's our primary male and protagonist in this series, right? Luke Skywalker. Who's the primary? Who's right? Hero. Archetypal. Destroys the Death Star. Rebuilds the Jedi Order. Right. Yeah. Who's our main protagonist of Rogue One? Uh, the male one or the female? The male one. Cassian. It's Cassian. Assassin. And what's the first thing we see Cassian do? Shoot someone, someone in the back because they can't escape with him. Yep. Cassian just shot first. Yeah. Can I just say that I think both the main characters are really boring in this movie. I think I think that was my least favorite part of the so, whole the whole yes. story. So where Rogue One was probably weakest was character development. Okay, Best... I'm glad that other people agree with me on that. I was yep. kind of holding out on saying that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, character development is probably where Rogue One is weakest. Uh, K2SO is the best character in the whole movie. Um, disagree. I disagree. But he's voiced by Wash! I mean, yeah, K2SO is good, 
But like my favorite character, hands down, is Ip Man and his brother. Like I found I, I, myself actively wanting to see a movie with those. Two. Oh yeah, no, no. Like I want a so, whole movie. So or, Man, or with his boyfriend. There's yeah, no evidence. Right. Like whatever. Oh yeah, I just wish there was more of them. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. If there was more of them, then yes, they'd be my favorite tri- couple of characters in this movie. Um, especially because when you factor in that Ip Man was totally before this had to have been. A Jedi, a temple acolyte or or temple guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he was. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, there's. I feel. Yeah, there. I definitely would would agree that some of the that there could have been more story development, and I'm actually curious if there you get more of that in, a, in an extended yeah. DVD cut. Which, but we also have to, to bear in mind. So, so here's the thing: is the thing about spoilers with Rogue One is I don't feel you can really spoil Rogue One because of Episode Four. You, uh, right, four is well, like the ultimate spoiler for Rogue One. You can spoil what's gonna ha- what's gonna come in Rogue One, though. Right. I mean, there are definitely some. If you knew what's gonna happen at certain points of the movie, you know what I mean. That 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 to yeah. me is what you can spoil, like the ending. And I, right. I, I actually feel that Cassian had pretty decent character development, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Or if the very least, Cassian had some pretty good good parts to it. Like the whole his whole speech to Jin after. They did after uh, after her father dies, and she's right. like, like, "You went up to kill him." And he's like, "Listen, like you know, and, I get orders to do a lot of bad things. I like some of us don't like some of us don't have a choice. I've been in this fight since I was six years yeah. old. Like that was that was actually really powerful. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, otherwise, I, I don't know. I, I just. I, I couldn't get into his character. I like that speech too. I, I but I, I, great. I couldn't that get into his speech. character though. I feel like somebody else should have should have said it or something. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, the other, th- oh sorry, well. Allie, you, no, you, I was you just, should talk. I was just gonna say to me the only character that remotely had anything like a character arc was the robot. Yeah, the robot was pretty great. Did you know that uh, wasn't me? I actually, <laughs> I actually really liked um, the villain. A lot. Yeah. Krennic yeah. is. I Krennic think. was a good villain. Yep. Um, because he had an arc. Not an, arc's not the right word. Maybe it is. He, he just you, you kind of feel bad for the guy. He's not just a villain doing villainous things. He's he's a villain who gets shafted. Yeah. He keeps getting shafted, and at, at every chance he gets, he's just trying to do what's best for the empire. And somebody else is taking credit, or people don't believe him, or and then of course you know at the end of the movie he's you know his final goal is I know they have the plans. They're gonna blow up the Death Star. Let me relay this, and they blow him up. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's and it's pretty tragic. Well, you know, well, so one thing that they didn't really get into in the movie, like they didn't explicitly say, but um, so the whole point with with him is that like all the Grand Moffs and everyone oh, are high born. Like all the admirals and Grand Moffs are born from nobility. Really, that's why they all have English accents. Really? He has an Australian accent. Mm-hmm. Really? He was not born into wealth. He has fought and clawed his way up. And that's why all the admirals and grand moths shit on him so much. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't get that aspect of it, but I guess that makes sense. Oh, well, that also makes sense, I guess, in the class dynamics of the rebellion and such. Um, wait a second. If we're going by that theory, why does Ray have a noble accent? Hmm. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> I Wait a second, though. Pro- yeah. Problem, though. Why does Leia have an American accent? Because it's a bullshit. Because all no, because all <laughs> <laughs> um, Oh wait, no. 
but her dad doesn't have an accent either. Mm -hmm. So I guess the Alderanians are like the American planet. Oh my <laughs> except, god. Except we can pull it up. Um, or Canadian planet. Right. Um, it's... So that's a part of it that they don't explicitly say in the movie. But I think it's kind of very important for him. Especially when you have his scene with Vader where Vader's like, don't choke on your ambition. Mm. <laughs> that was a pretty epic pun. It's it's a very epic pun. He made pun. it funny. Well, no, yeah. it's a very epic pun, but that's coming from Vader. Right. Who is also <laughs> yeah. a self-made Sith Lord, basically. Vader, Anakin was born as a slave. He started from the bottom, now and he now there. he's here. <laughs> so, but, but if you think about it, uh, that, but if you think about it, that that follows Krellick. It's the same thing. He brought himself up here, mm -hmm. and that's it's a pun. Yes, it's a good joke, but it's, it's a warning from another person who's been through the same thing. And think about it this way: that's coming from Vader, who. If anyone has choked on his ambition, look where has Vader's ambition gotten him? His legs helmet. and arm, his legs and arms cut off. His junk probably burned off. Oh. That he had, that his only respite is swimming in a Bacta tank. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he's got he's... a Robo Dick. Yeah. <laughs> the um, uh, I think that that brings to the point. This is kind of a neg the, the one of the negatives I have for the movie, but I hesitate to call it a negative. Is I feel like if you've never seen a Star Wars movie before, oh, it's you, a super downer. You, you will. Well, no, I, I, that's not even it. I, I just don't think you'll get any of it. Yeah, and I don't necessarily see that it's a criticism, but I also don't necessarily know who's actually going to see Rogue One that isn't familiar with the Star Wars universe. Right. Like, yeah, like right. So, so that's what that's the big reason why my recommended watching order now goes. Ep Goes New Hope, then Rogue One, then Empire, then One Two Three, then Jedi, then Force Awakens. Why would you watch One through Three? If you <laughs> have to, I I'm pretty much I'm I, pretty much just. Like I would only watch One Two Three if somebody held a gun to my head yeah. and yeah. told me I had to watch it or I would die. Right. Yeah. Right. One of the nice things about this and Force Awakens is that they both that this this continues the trend. Of the new Star Wars movies feeling like Star Wars movies, and I oh, because like well, what? well, here's the thing though, is that it's it's probably the least Star Wars movie out of any of them, apart from the prequels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, the prequels don't feel like a Star Wars movie. No, That's because what you realized like... why well, I realized after I saw Force Awakens. Oh my gosh, this is why I didn't like it. It didn't feel like a Star Wars movie. Right, <laughs> right, because because Force <coughs> Awakens is. The basic plot structure of Force Awakens is one of an infinite number of war story plots. Right. Right. Also, I, and I actually kind of like this, it's also a Star Wars movie without any Jedi. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I actually I actually really oh, like Oh, you mean that. the basic structure of Rogue One? Of Rogue One, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Sorry. No, no problem. But, um, yeah. Is, I that it's, is that it's... Yeah, it's basic story structure is interchangeable with one of a million other war stories. I actually... Somewhere in the middle of the movie, I think it's when they landed on the kind of the final planet, if you will, where you know, like oh, there's the also way too much planet hopping. Right, there's a lot of planet hopping, but when they land on that planet, where you, the rest of the movie kind of takes place, Scarif. Scarif. 
Um, I, I realized that I hadn't seen like a lightsaber all movie mm-hmm. because nobody's supposed to have lightsabers. And it was like, oh my God, th- yeah. there has been a lightsaber. And I think that at the end of the movie, when Darth Vader comes into the ship with his lightsaber, it makes them all the more terrifying right. and powerful oh, and yeah. cool. Because, because, it's, <laughs> because it's, at this point, no, he has no equals anymore. Even even in like the original trilogy, a lot of guys had lightsabers, or enough people had lightsabers that it was kind of lost a little of its luster. I mean, well, it was only, it was only Luke Luke Obi Wan Invader, right? The but trilogy. there was a lot of lightsaber talk and play, and, exactly. and that's fine for the trilogy. But in the, you know, in the prequels, they had way too much lightsaber. It was like oh, lightsabers yeah. every other block. But in this one, it, there's so little lightsaber that when it comes out at the end, it's like, oh my god, yeah, yeah. And we see this, Vader. Oh, yeah. and it's nice seeing Vader. Kind of in his prime, yeah. <laughs> um, just being like, nope, I'm an unstoppable force of the force, and if you aren't a Jedi, you can't stand against me. And even if you are a Jedi, I've murdered most of you. Yeah. Right. So actually, do you mind? There's one thing I really want to dig into, which is that like, like looking at this and Force Awakens in terms of like the two new Star Wars entities that we have, I actually. I I feel that they are, if you like gave them a numeratical score, about the same, but they're in a de- or, but in very different ways. Mm-hmm. Force Awakens is a just is a far more consistently good movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams really doesn't do great. He does good, and he does very consistently good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was basically what you needed to reset and to do some cool stuff. But it's 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 just consistently good. Across the board. Rogue One, on the other hand, is a movie with stuff that falls really flat. Yeah. But there are great parts in that mm-hmm. movie. And it, I think, averages out to great, uh, to good. But there is a great movie in there, which is, on the one hand... Well, the first time... The second time I saw it, which I saw the second time last night, I appreciated it. I enjoyed it more. But after I got out of the first time, I, I still liked it, enjoyed it. But I was a little frustrated because I felt like that could have been a great movie. Yeah. That could have been my favorite Star Wars movie. <laughs> and the way I felt that way was is that for me, up until they go back to the Rebel base, everything that where it's just like a, like the stuff on Jedha with like the ambush yeah. and, the, and the droid and, and you know, the guy shooting him in the back, like all of this stuff where it's not connected really with the main Star Wars story, I loved. Mm-hmm. The stuff that connected in with the main Star Wars story for the most took away from that a lot. Yeah. yeah. And, like, that's where I feel is it's, like, or it just it really felt flat. Like, so, like, the stuff that was original was very good. Mm-hmm. The stuff that was tying in, it was, like, uh, okay. Yeah. And also, let's, let's remember that this is a movie that had extensive reshoots. Really? Yes. Like, basically everything in all the teasers... And like pre-release trailers that we saw, yeah, did not make it into the final movie. Which I'm curious about what that works in terms of like extended or different cuts. If we get to see that, yeah, um, I, I'm really interested to see what the original like idea was, because yeah, supposedly there were huge reshoots. Hey, Ali, prior to me hitting the big red record button here, you had mentioned that you were afraid that sort of you were going to have a different opinion. So why don't why don't you spend some time and talk about sort of your thoughts on the movie there? Oh, I'm actually I'm satisfied. I've been satisfied to hear that other people basically have the same thoughts as me. Actually, because oh, okay. like <laughs> no, because so many other people I've talked to are like, oh my god, it was amazing. I loved it. It's better than Force Awakens. And like, 
yes, I know Force Awakens is kind of a rehash in a lot of senses, but I still enjoyed that more mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. Rogue One. And I think part of that was is I just all the characters felt really flat to me. Like I enjoyed them, but nobody really had a significant arc. I felt like it kind of does. It's not exactly the same, but it kind of does the Naruto or Dragon Ball thing where it just throws characters at you and is like, care about them, look at them, see their emotions and their feelings. And it's like, I don't have enough time to get really that connected with any one of these. Especially considering they all die at the end. Yeah, and especially considering they all die at the end. Like, the only characters that I, I mean, I still felt sad when they all died. It's terrible. Like, I didn't expect them to all die. I was like, okay, maybe, like, a couple of them will die, and then, you know, they'll be sad, and that's their motivation. But I kind of expected that to be more halfway through the film, like, kind of around Mm -hmm. Jin Erso's father's death. Like, he dies, and then somebody in their group dies, and that really just, you know, is the nail in the coffin for their little band of heroes. But... Hey, Allie, did uh, did seeing Maz Mikkelsen in this movie get you super stoked and excited for Death Stranding again? Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, Maz Mikkelsen is just... I, I would have loved to have seen more. Yeah. It was just so that, good. That's another thing. I, I, a lot of the top-billed characters are barely in the movie. Yeah. And not only is uh, Forrest Whitaker's character completely different than what like I expected him to be. he's there for five minutes. He's in the movie for like five minutes. He and was he's good, dead. though. He, 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 pl- he played he a warlord good. pretty excellently. Yeah. But he was uh Well his his character Saul Guerrero shows up in um I know he shows up in Clone Wars and I think he shows up in Rebels too. Really? So what we're seeing is we're seeing Force Whitaker we're seeing that character at the end of his arc mm-hmm. in Rogue One. Right. No man, it's yeah, no, and uh, I will I'll come back to come Yeah, back and to again, us. well but for example, in the stuff shown in the pre release teasers, Saul Guerrero is bald. Oh yeah. right! What would they do if they catch you? What would they do if they break you? That's yeah, it. and guess what that and guess what that is not in the final movie. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm very curious to see. I'm... I've heard from one end that this was the darker cut, but I heard from other people that there is an even darker cut that's going to come out on DVD. Oh, nice. Um, I like the okay. TPK. I was actually rooting going into the movie for them to have the guts to do a total party kill. Yep, mainly because. Just like the premise of this story makes it seem like there's a good yeah. chance you really wouldn't, everyone wouldn't get out alive. Yeah. And so I honestly think that that creative decision does a lot for my estimation of it mm-hmm. as a film. Yes. Uh, Rather than copping out and being like, you know, Cassian Jin and Jin yeah. escape and, and decide that out. you know we're just gonna we're just gonna be off and be a couple together. Exactly. Yeah. No. I. Oh I, yeah, I was I was so happy when they didn't kiss at the yes. end of the movie. I was like, yes. don't do it. Don't do it. Well, at the same time, let's be real. Cassian did it all for pumpkin spice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he had a hunger. It was for pumpkin spice, but he basically couldn't close the deal. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I, I feel like the the character of Jenna Urso in general was just could have been so much more, but was just written as just I, I don't know if it was acting, the writing. Something was wrong and off, and just mm-hmm. I, I couldn't get into the, the main say, character. I'll say that a lot of the little beats, there's a lot of stuff in that movie. Whereas, <laughs> is that it, you can miss it if it goes by fast? 
and especially with Jin's development, I did it. I got more of it the second time around. Mm -hmm. Like the second, first time around, I was like, okay, she's not doing stuff, and then she's all like rah rah rebellion. And then the second time around, it was like, oh, seeing her father die is catalyzing her to do this. Right. Like there is, and then similarly with stuff with the battle on the the, the stuff with the battle, but on the on Scarif and stuff when the rebel reinforcements comes in, there's like when the with the ground troops jump in there, like screaming for Jedi and stuff. But like you're getting, there's a lot of little details because I think for time considerations or cutting or whatever, where it does add to it, but you can easily miss it. And yeah. that's not necessarily like, that's a detail to look at, but I think it's not necessarily defense because if something is going, if a development is going by so fast to miss it, then a lot of times yeah. it's as if it's not it's, there. It's the development. Uh, Rogue One is based around the development of once it gets personal yeah so like we see the rebellion as this like you know ununified mishmash of different factions and different factions and parties and mm -hmm. stuff um and you know a whole a whole like was it like 20 25 troopers decide to you know ponce off and go with these guys to scarif and they just can <laughs> you know um but like but it's 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 after after Jin's dad dies is when is when her big turnaround is because that's what makes it personal mm -hmm. when Jenna gets blown up that kind of makes it personal for a lot of the rebellion and then in what that means is that in episode four it's the destruction of Alderaan Right. That is what actually puts an end to all this rebel infi like infighting amongst the rebellion and unifies them. Right. It's just no. This thing has destroyed an entire planet of peace-loving people. Mm -hmm. Kid gloves come off. There's obviously no longer an option for peaceful discourse here. Right. With the it's empire. The discourse. Yeah. <laughs> um. Was that a David Cage? No, I could do David Cage though. It would be not good. <laughs> would, be, would it be emotional? <laughs> it would be emotional pixels. Um, Ellen Page in the nude. <laughs> I would like this very much in my next game. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I only have one more thought myself. I don't know if, Ali Barry, you had any other things you wanted to bring up? I, I do, but uh, I want your thought. Um, my, my thought is... I, I and. Amongst people I've talked to about this, and I haven't really spoken with you guys about it, I I'm the only person that was really put off by this. But the uncanny valley created by I these, hated that by so much. That's so, what I was going to bring up. So here's the thing. Here's the thing, though, is that if you didn't know Peter Cushing was dead, yeah, if you did not know he was dead, you would not have scrutinized it, and you would have been fine. I'm not sure about that, because I have spoken to I've spoken to many people. Who did not get the uncanny valley effect? And that's because they didn't realize that Peter Cushing was dead. No, I did hear from some. Uh, I yeah, there, there's some people I know who didn't realize that he was dead either. And right, like, and they did not notice the uncanny valley. Oh, see, I noticed it right away, and it's it's it annoyed right, me. but that's because you know the actor yeah. is dead. Yeah, well, and so you're like, wait, what? Well, and then you're just looking at it. No, I was staring. At, I, I, even without, it just it was awkward. I mean, Carrie Fisher, I, I, I think. They should have hand the way they should have handled Princess Leia at the end. And again, this is just because I was bothered by the Uncanny Valley. Is it should just we should we know who she is? 
If yeah. you watch the movie, you know who Princess Leia is. You can tell by her buns and the back of her butt, the back of her head. They didn't have to show is. her face. You didn't yeah. have to show her face and say Hers something. Hers wasn't weird. as bad though as Tarkin because yeah. it was only for like a second. They kept yeah. having these yeah. long scenes with Tarkin's face, and it's like yeah. you could have done this all like he could have been talking to him yeah. to Krennic through like a hologram or whatever. It could have been dark. Yeah. It could have been kind of yeah. shadowy. Well, well here, here's better. the other thing though. Here's the other thing though is that is that with Leia, the other reason it's not so bad is because you already have the same actor. And this is technology that Disney had for Tron Legacy. Right. And brought us young Jeff Bridges. Right. As long as, as long as you've got the actor, that's easy. Yeah. That's easy. Um, Tarkin, they had to do basically from scratch. Right. The I, other thing they put in was they also brought back other characters from before. Namely, the rebel pilots. Right, but those were just like uh, clips. Right, and so what they did there was actually very smart. They had they used unused footage from right. New Hope, CG'd in the new battle scenes and like the windows and stuff, and they had the original actors who were still alive come back to voice the new dialogue. That's cool. Really, that's yeah. awesome. There so were so old many footage, old lady pilots. It was amazing. Yeah. Yep. Well, well. So, so the, what I've heard is the reason why the female pilots were cut from New Hope, because again, that's all original Wait, those are, from New Hope. Well, those are old. The, the old pilots were female pilots. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that those were just like yeah. new ones, and they had so, like no, one. they were. Oh, that's awesome. No. They were supposed to have female pilots in, uh, in New Hope. In New Hope. So what I heard the reasoning why that, that got cut was that it was Fox. It was 20th Century Fox demanding it because Fox didn't want to show that much violence towards women. Interesting. Oh, so like the ladies finally got to be in a Star Wars <laughs> yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yay! That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, that that is that is actually I, I am feeling very good about that. Um, and yeah, I know that, but it actually gets into my segment, which is that um. <coughs> two things that I had a big problem. The my two biggest problems with the movie um, were a I hated the digital resurrections. I feel if you just had the guy who played Krennic cast as Tarkin, which from the previews I assumed he was playing Tarkin, that would have been fine. Like recasting is fine. We accepted in Game of Thrones where we saw a different guy play a character like just a season beforehand. We could accept it in a movie where it's telling a story that was came out. 40 years ago. 40 years ago. Recasting is fine. Give actors work. It's okay. Well, really, it was just ILM flexing their muscles. I mean, obviously. Yes, yes. You know what? ILM, just like, there's other ways you could whip your junk around. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The other thing, though, also has to do with ILM. Like, I would have preferred more battles on the beach and less space battle. Yeah. I think that there was a lot of... And also the space battle... Like, seeing it a second time, I felt kinder about it because... I realized that every single thing there had a point in with it, but I still think it messed around with, like, for instance, the emotional impact of, like, yep. brother or boyfriend dying with the monk. Like, it should have just stayed with it immediately, except it cuts away before he goes back and, like, has the emotional, like, killing that entire squadron before dying. Uh, like, and I'm saying this as someone who, like, loved at the, the Mon Calamari in this. I was yeah. oh, yeah, like, yeah. the Mon Calamari, they're so great! Well, except, <laughs> except that... Except that they're not supposed to be Mon Calamari starships in the Rebel fleet at this point because the Mon Calamari is not supposed to have a space fleet yet. New cannon! New, New cannon! cannon. <laughs> um, but again, also, another thing too is, like I said, we need to see, in, 
Like that's one of the things that we need to see. Why does why for New Hope does the rebellion basically only have a handful of snub fighters left? Well, I thought one of the reasons why the snub fighters were used is because that the capital ships couldn't get through the Death Star shield. So, no, it's just that they didn't have any. But I, I thought there, that, there that was, was that logic too. They needed fires to get through the shield. Right, but even then, like, the idea of sending out just a fight, just fighter squadrons without any capital ship support is inherently ridiculous. And you only do that if you have no other choice. Right, that does make sense. Like, it, th- there was a lot of the, and there's a lot of things that that tied into. But yeah, it's just like, like if they had a medical frigate, <laughs> it would have been there to try and save some goddamn pilots' lives. Yeah, I mean, I guess the the, the thing to come back to is that like, while though the space battle stuff was cool, I would have preferred less of it. Like, I think it would have been a lot better if they just focused the if, stuff if on the, the balance beach. was better. Balance is better. Focused on the beach, yeah. and then, like, in the last 10 minutes, and then the fleet comes in dramatically. Right. It's like, well, who the heck are we going to send it into? Right. And it's just like, right. holy shit, the Mon Calamari are here. Well, yeah. you know what's a great ex- example of, uh, of seeing that did that right? Is in is actually in um, The Force Awakens right. when they're on Mon... What the, Maz Kanata? Yeah. And the squadron comes in while they're fighting. That was one of the most yeah. beautiful scenes it, in movie and history. And it still focuses on the characters that you're trying to care about right. on, the, on the front lines fighting. But, you know, while they're doing that, you can see the ships flying overhead. Oh, yeah. and, uh, like the freaking TIE fighters yeah, skimming yeah, yeah. over the... Uh, I mean, the freaking X-wing skimming, skimming yeah, yeah. over the water. And just like Poe Dameron, like, yeah, yeah, just yeah. like, don't let these thugs intimidate. It's like, oh, my heart, Poe Dameron, my heart. <laughs> I he love was that, man. supposed to die. Yeah. Yep. I'm so glad he did it. No, I'm so that, glad he didn't Have either. you, have just, you heard the theory that, that. Poe is a ghost and that only Finn can see him? Oh no! Well, that's, a that's a really dumb. And theory. I will say, even as like a fully, a fri- as about as a straight man as you could be, Poe Dameron was my waifu of 2015. Hands <laughs> 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 down. Um, yeah, no. So, so no, but I think yeah. But overall, it's a good movie. Uh, in my book, not a consistent movie, but still good. Yeah. Tells important stories. I would, I'm curious to see what it. I would. I, one of the few movies I'm actively interested in seeing other cuts of it. Yeah, um, I would say my overall experience of it was that it was a satisfying movie to watch. Yeah, not the best Star Wars movie. No, better than one, two, and three. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, my big question now is, well, I have two big questions now. Is a, I want to see the other cuts, and I want to see, like, what the original story was originally supposed to be, and B. Now that the gate has been opened, when is Wedge Antilles going to get his own damn movie? I, I want some, I, I want me some Wedge. He, Wedge is the best damn pilot in the galaxy. The movie's just called Wedge. Yeah. Wedge is the best damn pilot in the galaxy, and he does it all without being even remotely connected to the Force. Apparently, Wedge Antilles was... Uh, the actor who's asked to who played him was asked to come back for Force Awakens, yep. and he chose not to. Well, yeah. so... Sadly. So... He was already doing something. He was like he was doing a play, like he was he was doing like a, like a play or something. He was doing a play or something, and he said, "I'll I'll come I can't back." Do it. I'm gonna play. No, no. He said, "I'll come back. I'll leave my current commitment if you give me an actual role." Um, so what you're saying is there's a chance we get old wedge. Yes. Oh. Or or young wedge. Yeah. I, I, I would be great for either one. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> well, Ali, what are your... I think, oh. I think Wedge is a very important character in the expanded universe because he is... No, 
you can be awesome. You can be the best at something in Star Wars and not have an inkling of connection to the Force. Yeah, I dig that. Ali, what were your thought, overall thoughts on um, Rogue One and any other points you want to bring up? Mm, it was good. <laughs> it was good. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. I'm not running Sorry, to we... the theater to go see it again. Yeah, I, I had the same experience, really. I, I thought it was a good movie. I think... I, to to Barry's point, I think without some of the Star Warsy elements, it would have been a better movie. Um, when they weren't trying to cut sort of ham fist, this is a Star Wars movie, or this is a Star Wars story rather. Uh, in there, Ooh, I really, ag- I actually really agree with uh, the point that was being made earlier about the battle scenes. Like, I loved seeing the old lady pilots. I wish that there yeah. had been more beach battles though, because that's the thing that interested me the most about this movie was seeing oh, hey, it's a Star Wars movie, but it's without all the hokey Star Wars shit. Yeah. It's just people fighting with no, you know, magic powers and shit. Well, with the exception of I Am the Force, the Force is with me. Yeah. That was, but that, that, was, was, like, that was subtle and cool mm-hmm. and different. That, I did really like that part. I that did really fair. like that part. <laughs> or you did like that uh, part. I thought you said yeah. you didn't. I no, like, I what? did. Yeah, but yeah, I like that that was... that was really the only big part that was like, "Hey, the force is a and, thing," and then Darth Vader. And, yeah, yeah and, no. and nothing, and nothing he ever did really suggested that he actually had the force. Like, well, so he was able to shoot a ranged weapon with the with, without his eyesight. Well, yeah. so that could just be very good hearing. Right. Uh, the mean, one thing he does, yeah, but the one thing he does that does point to him having at least a basic connection. Like not not being a Jedi, but being at least force sensitive, mm-hmm. is when he picks Jin out of the crowd because she has a Kyber crystal on her. Mm. Oh, okay, yeah. The other thing too with that is is that like with uh, what you're saying at the beach of Valley is that like the practical effects there were very awesome mm-hmm. and clear and just like they use so much practical effects in this movie and it shows. Yeah, yeah. Like, it just things look better when it's a guy in prosthetics take note peter jackson who decided to digitally generate freaking elves and dwarves and orcs instead of just casting people cast people peter jackson you did for lord of the rings it looked awesome yes if you have a crowd scene you get a pass but if someone's bashing someone with a prop sword it should be a person getting paid do you care about the new zealand economy sorry (laughs) well yeah it's like it's like with with um yeah, with Lord of the Rings, it's like when you're doing these huge battle scenes, and there are like mil, like thousands of orcs. Yeah, you get a pass. But when Aragorn is actually fighting people, he's fighting no. a stuntman. You should be fighting a stuntman. Yes, but that wasn't the case in The Hobbit. Nope. And Billy Connolly, I was like excited to see who's gonna be the dwarf king from the Iron Range. Who's Dane gonna be? And it's like, oh, it's Billy Connolly. Yeah, it's like. It's Billy Connolly, the video game character. Billy Connolly already looks like a dwarf king. A foul-mouthed Irish dwarf king who is also the the the, the dad of Norman Reedus. Yeah. Uh, Wait, seriously? I, you seen Boondock Saints? Oh, right. right. Yeah. I thought you were. I thought you were talking about real life, and I. No, uh, I wish. Uh, I was like, I was, I was like. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I. Great. Any other thoughts on Rogue One? I think we're. I think that about sums it up. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, no. we kind of dominated this one, Ali. Nah, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> yes. Sorry. So, I'll just stay back for Last Guardian because <laughs> I didn't play the game. <laughs> so, uh, if you have any comments, want to tell us what you thought about the movie, you can comment on threeheadedboy.com. You can 
Well, so find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash three-headed-boy. You can find us on our new VidMe channel at vid.me slash three-headed-boy. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review on iTunes or leave us a little review there. It really helps. Um, Tell me how pretty for... I am. <laughs> Tell You're a pretty, how pretty, pretty she princess. Is. Um, thank you very much. Until next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Ciao, Bella.